0: Tune into my next episode with Candace. Candace is an educator from America living in Mexico and loving it. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where I talk to expats about what it's like living, working, making a home abroad. You'll get great information for your move abroad via this podcast. Also, go to the website arewehomeyetpodcast.com and subscribe to the blog for more helpful information to make your home abroad a success. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right. Welcome back to the Are We Home Yet podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Candice. Hi, Candice. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. So you're an expat. Uh, Where in the world are you an
1: expat? Yes. So right now I am based in Mexico City, Mexico.
0: Okay. And so what's it like there? Like the food, the people, the culture, the environment, what's all that like? It's honestly,
1: it's amazing. Um, like the people here, like from the locals to the foreigners, everyone's very kind, helpful, and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the culture, oh my gosh, the culture is so rich here, so beautiful. Even from like the food, to the clothes, to the accent, it's all it's all so different. But it's really... It's, it feels like home away from home. So, like in the states, of course, you have like what you assume is like Mexican food, like from Taco Bell to so the little um the little Tex-Mex places. And everything. <laughs> but I feel like when you come here, it's just a different. Like I remember the first time I came to visit uh, Mexico City, I was like, "Oh, I want a chalupa." My friend was like, "That's not a not a chalupa. I want a chimichanga." I was, I want a chimichanga. And my friend was like, uh "That's not a thing here." And I was like, "Wait, what?" So. I was so confused but coming here to like move and live like they have a lot of holiday foods like right now is uh chile de nogada like that's like a holiday dish right now and you know you have like a variety of mexican foods i have never even heard of before until
0: i came here and you know, so what prompted you to move to Mexico? Like, of all the places you could've moved to, and you know, maybe all the places you might have traveled to, because you know, I know that like you you enjoy travel.
1: Yes. So for me, I was first living in uh, Colombia. Medine, to be exact. I was there for a year. That was right when COVID hit, and so borders were closing. I said I have to get out of here. um, So I went back to the states. I was applying to a lot of different schools. It was late in the hiring season for international teaching, so I was just putting my application out anywhere, everywhere. Uh, and it, it it came down to like two schools that I was kind of interested in the most compared to others. So it was uh Mexico City and a school that was in Jamaica. Uh-huh. Um, I was just like somebody just kept drawing me to this to Mexico. I was like, you know, at first when um when I was presented the opportunity to go to Mexico, I was like, "As eh, Mexico. I go anytime. I want to try something different. That's why I did do Colombia. Um, but when I just kept like I'm being drawn to Mexico, like, you know what, let me just try it out. Let me just try it out. And, you know, if I don't like it, I can always leave. Um, but I've now been here for two years and I actually like have extended a contract to stay longer and I'm literally in love. Like I, It's crazy how you would think like, oh, it's just Mexico. But no, like it really feels like home. For me, what makes Mexico City feel like home, honestly, is like, like I said, the people. Like I've met, like living in Colombia, I felt like it was kind of hard Mm -hmm. to make friends with foreigners. It was kind of hard to make make friends with the locals. Like you, you would find some friends here and there, but it definitely wasn't like easy right people kind of speak to themselves or you know maybe every once in a while you get invited to something but when I came here even during like the peak of COVID when everything was shut down I met so many people and we like made a bond like a friend group and from there just like blossomed into like kind of like it feels like as if it's a family, like people I can call or text on or, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, you know, I'm moving or I need help with this. It just really feels like a family, a sense of the people I've met and befriended here. And it, I didn't feel that when I was in Columbia. Um, And even the locals, the locals here are just so sweet so kind so helpful like they go out of their way to make you feel like comfortable um I've never like been afraid or fearful at all and here it's like like everyone looks out for each other
0: what 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 was your visa process like um yeah to 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 relocate there to to work there
1: yes so Um, Just similar to like the school in Columbia, my employer handled like my visa information. Um, It was a little more difficult, of course, because of COVID. All the consulates and embassies and everything was like shutting down it or they have very, very limited um, space. So it got to the point where I was literally about to move within like a week and I still hadn't um, received my visa appointment. And so I was just like messaging my school and I was saying, you know, um, here's a bunch of consulates in Florida or I can even go to Georgia. Like I just, like, I was like, I wanna make this work. So honestly, they found me an appointment. All the consulates in Florida were just like, no, we're not available, we can't take anyone. So they found me a last minute appointment in Atlanta. Um, so I literally flew from like Tampa, Florida, to Atlanta um to get my visa it was a turnaround time in one day and then literally um then a couple days later I was off to Mexico like but the process my school handled all of that I just had to go to the appointment have all of my paperwork wait around for a couple hours come back and get my um passport my visa in it and it was like the rest is history
0: Okay. And so, you know, as as a teacher, like, you know, it doesn't sound like this was your first teaching assignment, you know, you had mentioned also teaching in Colombia. So like, where else have you taught? Yes. Yeah, so prior to even going abroad, I was uh,
1: living. Well, after I graduated from university, I moved to Louisiana, where I taught in Baton Rouge for two years. After that, I was like, you know, coming from Florida, I need something more up, be up pace. Um, I love Louisiana, but I just felt like I needed something different. So I moved to Houston, Texas, and there I, I was there for three years. Um, but it just something just still didn't feel right. I was like, I feel like. I need something else but I don't know what to move to in this like in this world of the US um so as a lot of people kept like coming to me, like, oh, you know, you should look into teaching abroad. It's a thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, like at first kind of entertained it a little bit, but I was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but then finally I think with my third year going like teaching in Houston, well, now year five of teaching total. Um, I was like, you know what, let me just try it out, check it out, let me see. So I applied for an agency. Um, and then from there, from the agency, like I, I looked at, interviewed at different schools and I was like, you know, I was first stuck on going to the middle East. Like I'm going to go to the middle East. I'm going to go to Qatar or somewhere in the Emirates, but then Latin America just came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, that that's a thing. Like you could teach in Latin America, <laughs> um, so I interviewed a few schools and I'm like, wait, like, I think I feel more comfortable going to Latin America, especially living in Florida. It just felt easier for me. So now I've been in Latin America for going on. I want to say four years. now. Yeah. Going on. Like, no, I've been in Mexico for two. Colombia was one. Yeah. Going on four years now. And I don't want to leave this region at all.
0: Let's take a quick break. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Want to make your move abroad as smooth as possible? Download the ebook from the AreWeHomeYetPodcast.com website for resources in making a home abroad. Unsure how to make money while living abroad? Download the free teaching online PDF with more than 20 online companies looking for people to teach various languages and different subjects. Download these two great items and make your move abroad a reality. Okay, back to the show. Okay, nice. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I know that you, you enjoy travel. So what, where are the places that you've traveled to? <sighs> okay, It hasn't been that many, but I'm
1: going to like try to name them. Um, I guess I always say it hasn't been that many because I see some people like, oh, I'm on Country 55. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish. Um, But I visited uh, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, France, uh, Italy. I've lived, well, not lived, but I've traveled to... Brazil, Peru, Chile, uh, Panama, uh, so many places like Honduras, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, some like Caribbean islands like St. Martin, Bahamas. Um, I've been to quite a few places, but honestly, not as many as I would like to. I would say wow.
0: that. Wow, that's nice. So you know, with all that travel, like where where did this where did this like excitement about travel come from? Was it just something that you know, as an adult, you decided, oh, this is what I want want to do, um, or did you grow up traveling? Like, how how did this come about? You know, honestly, it's crazy because I've
1: always wanted to travel and I felt like I was limiting myself a lot, especially in high school and my early young adult years, because I was like, you know, I want to wait for friends. I want to wait for friends. Um, and I think I did one trip out to like the DR with a friend for for the holidays, and I was like, oh, I really really like this. And so I came back from that trip, and I was like, you know, I want to travel more, but everyone is always canceling or flaking. <laughs> so I remember it was right before Bali became a thing, um, and I saw a cheap flight on one of those little promo uh, things, like, oh, it's a it's an airfare from Houston to to uh, Bali, and I was like, you know. I want to travel and I keep getting flagged on by so many friends. And so I booked the ticket Um, and that was bad. And at first I was so anxious, like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go across the world (laughs) by myself. Like I didn't know what I was about to do, but honestly, it was back when group me was like a thing. Um, And I was in a group me chat and some other people was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Bali on these days. I'm like, wait, those are the same days as me. So we all were like, oh, we got the same airfare. <laughs> so honestly, they're like, you know, you want to join our group? And I was like, you know what? Okay, because I am a little scared to go by myself. So I did that group trip. It was great. Came back and I was like, you know, I keep, I want, I think after that Indonesia, like Bali trip, I was like, I just felt like I caught a travel, but like ever since I was just like always tracking the flights where can I go? Where can I go? From there, I found like a flight, like the flights to Paris and Italy. It was super cheap. It went from like a thousand dollars. I think it was two or three hundred dollars. It was like another airfare. So I'm like, you know what? Let's keep doing this. And so from there, I just, I caught a travel bug and I'm always trying to find a way to go see a different country, see a different culture. Because for me, it's like every time I go to a different country and just like try to immerse myself or like understand, I just, gain a sense of like awe and warm feeling. I just want to learn more about the people in this world. Wow. So when I first came to Mexico, I um, before I even came, I had met a girl. I think I met her on a Facebook group or something and I stayed in touch with her. So she told me, hey, whenever you come back to Mexico, let me know. There's a, a WhatsApp chat um, that I'm an adamant of. And I was like, OK. Uh, <laughs> so that was when I was living in Colombia, but I didn't plan to come to Mexico. So but we stayed in touch. And then when I did accept the job here, I was like, hey, you know, I'm moving to Mexico City. I know you don't live there anymore but can you add me to the chat? And so she added me to this WhatsApp chat and it's like a group of, um, it's a large group of uh, like black expats in the the city. So not just from the States, like there's people from all over the world, like different countries um, from the African like diaspora. But yeah, so she connected me with that and I just started messaging in the group. People are like, hey, I know the world is shut down, but does anyone want to go to Chochi Milk or does anyone want <laughs> to like meet up to have a game night or something? And I was like, you know, I let sign me up. Um, and so from there it's just, it blossomed to like little friend groups. And now it's not, I'm actually a part of the admin of the group because I've been here for so long. I've connected with so many people. And so it's, it's just grown from
0: there. You know, you moved by yourself and, you know, you were able to make friends. Um, but did you have concerns from your family and friends before you moved? And if they had concerns, did their concerns ever go away or are they still concerned?
1: Um, honestly, when I was first like toying with the idea of moving my friends, they're like, yeah, do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so my, my mother, my mother's always been that person, like, you know, just move, just move. Because ever since she was the, like a 17, she always just moved around the States. Um, she went to like stay in Detroit with her brothers. And then from there she just hopped around. So my mother, she's like, no, go do. It makes you happy. My uncles are like, yeah, do it. makes mm-hmm. you happy my aunts it was my aunts they were like or this doesn't seem too safe you know on the news it says um and so of course like my aunts always have to throw that wrench in there but they were the only ones that were hesitant but I was like you know auntie's like I promise I'm going to be good I'm going to be okay uh and now like they just they're so intrigued like oh send me photos I love the photos (laughs) you um can you send more I'm like y'all are hilarious the same ones that were so hesitant are now the one's so intrigued by like the videos and the pictures I send them
0: yeah yeah okay wow that's really cool okay so then let me ask you let me switch from like friendships to something more intimate how about dating like what's dating like in Mexico Dating is interesting. Um,
1: I will say it's a little easier here than it was in in Colombia, but I think when I say easier, um, I feel like you have a little bit more options. So like in Colombia, I feel like you're kind of limited to like the locals because... The foreigners are like, Mm-mm, I don't want to talk to another foreigner. I'm in a different country, which is understandable. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, but coming here inside Mexico City, it's like you have the opportunity of like dating a local, dating another foreigner. It's still a, a slippery slope because I always tell people, I say, you know, Dating abroad is just like dating in the states is still a struggle, but it can't be fun, you know you you can't meet people um it can't be fun, but honestly, I haven't met anyone here that was like seriously trying to commit to a relationship, maybe a few people here and there, but no, everyone just like on this whole hookup culture, but
0: you know, do what makes you happy. (laughs) Okay. So then, you know, you mentioned like one of the struggles, you know, of being an expat is dating abroad, but like what, what other struggles are there? And on the the flip side, what other joys are of being an expat?
1: yes so I feel like some struggles that I noticed and I think it's a norm across the board is trying to adapt and adjust to a culture like I think in the U.S. we're so trained to like moving fast moving fast or thinking quick or you have to just you know move with urgency versus living I don't I can't speak for other regions but in Latin America you cannot move on they do not move on urgency they move <laughs> on their time uh and so when I first like you know, live when I first moved to Brown, I was like, oh, my gosh, the this, this service is so slow. I can't get any help. I'm having to flag down someone to just, you know, take my order or give me my check. Uh, and so now I felt like from that struggle... Appraises. I feel like I have so much more patience now with people even when I go back to the states like friends or family would get annoyed I'm like oh it's okay no worries or like if something happens I'm like oh it's okay no worries like it's okay tranquila Stop being like you know that's the culture here like it's relaxed it's okay I'm like but it's not so that was a struggle um I still toy with that sometimes but I've gotten a lot better Another issue can also be like the language barrier. Like, you know, a lot of people, when they do try to live abroad, they try to learn like the language or phrases to get by. But then sometimes you go to certain regions or countries it's like as if you don't even understand what people are saying. So when I first left Colombia and I came to Mexico, I was confused for the first month. I'm like, these people just cannot be speaking Spanish because I don't understand what they're saying. So now I'm like, okay, okay, I get you, I get you, I get you, I understand. But now when I travel to other Latin countries, I'm back again, like, repeat, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the accents are definitely a struggle, like that language barrier accent, but I just try to like, you know, stay calm have patience because you know you do want to learn a language you do want to immerse yourself but sometimes you kind of want to throw in the flag like english inglés. and i mean maybe yes maybe no with the response
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay and so how is your spanish like um in the time that you've been there do you feel like it's uh gotten better do you feel like it's still a struggle what what's that like for you Yes, uh, with my Spanish,
1: honestly, I feel like it's declined a lot since (laughs) moving to my well, because so many people want to speak to you in English mm-hmm. but I still feel like it's decent like I understand fairly well um and if like I don't really know exact wording I'm like okay I could get what you are what you're saying or you the gist of it uh versus communicating I still have a little anxiousness I'm like I know what I want to say I know how I want to say it but sometimes it doesn't come out how I want it to be but luckily the people here like I said are so patient it, it's it helps a lot because they either patient they like try again or patient like they try to like give you what they think you. <laughs> So I think that's another joy of living abroad It's just the patience of the people. I feel like in the U.S., some people are always on edge. It's like, OK, chill, relax. Um, but here is everyone's so patient, like, no, it's OK, it's not bien. like once again, they love saying that. Tranquila, tranquila, it's not bien. So I think that makes me more comfortable with like the language, even though sometimes I don't feel like I have
0: it together. They're just so patient. Okay. And so then I'll ask, like, you know, how often do you have the opportunity to actually go back home, at, you know, since, you know, you, you work full time um, and visit your family and your friends?
1: Yes, honestly, I'm such a bad person. I tell my <laughs> family, like, I'm such a bad family member uh, because... I have opportunities to go home more than I usually do. Um, but now I'm to the point, okay, like I will at least try to go home once a year. Um, because I told my, I think my mother gets it and my uncles get it once again. It's always those aunties, but <laughs> I think I told them I'd rather go travel than come home. <laughs> and at first they like, you know, they didn't really understand it. They were a little supportive, but then my mom was like, okay, when are you coming home? <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, I'll come home. I'll try to come home at least once a year, but I do want to take my other time to travel and visit other places. So it's one of those things like we have to compromise, but I do try to go home at least once a year.
0: Okay. Okay what prompted you to become a teacher to begin with because you know the idea was not to teach abroad you know um so like what what was it about teaching that inspired you yeah so honestly
1: i went to school for early childhood education um but what really got me into wanting to teach was i knew i wanted to work with children oh. uh, i think it was like my high school my senior year of high school i had was like kind of like a, a teacher's assistant for an intensive reading class. Uh-huh. And it really broke my heart when it was a boy, he was a ninth grader of a freshman and he didn't know how to read. Mm. Didn't like Didn't know how to write. Like, it was a mess. Like when we had a spelling test, I think one time, it was literally chicken scratch. That's when I realized he didn't even know how to write nor read. Um, so that really bothered me. The fact that this kid had went through all these years of school and no one was like, something's not right. <laughs> um, so that really I was like, OK. I want to work with children, but I know. I don't know what I want to do. So when I first got to university, I tried to take like, you know, the classes to lead to be a psychologist or a therapist or something, but I did not like them at all. They were so boring to me. Uh, So then my my, I think spring semester, my friend was like, hey, you know, you should take this intro to education class with me. And I was like, you know, okay, I'm still working with kids. Let's see. Took the class, fell in love, applied for, even like transferred my major from exploratory, which was undecided, to like early childhood education. And the rest was history. Um, But I love working with kids. I feel like I get to also still be like my little therapist to them as well. Um, So that's what really just got me into education was that one boy, that one
0: boy that blew my mind. What's the difference and the similarity of teaching in latin america compared to north america and you know um and then also like also tell us about the pay like you know is is there a drastic difference is it pretty similar i mean i don't know since i never taught in america so i'm curious as well yes so
1: i will say like the difference between teaching in latin america versus teaching in the states is I feel like in the States is just such that high pressure and stress to like test, 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 data, 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 and not think about the whole child. Uh Um, I'm not saying like it's perfect in Latin America. It's probably not perfect anywhere. Right. Uh But I feel as if the schools that I have taught at the the focus is the happiness of that child and like just the growing of that child, I guess education is important, but they really do want to foster that joy of kids loving and wanting to be in school. Um, it's not, Super high stress with data and Tesla. Yes, we still do it, but you're not judged and based on how good of an, or an effective teacher you are versus in the States, like they based your effectiveness on how your students perform versus abroad. It's not really like that. It's just, you know, the whole child is the focus and center um, pay. It's different. Um, I feel like I pay, I make less, but the crazy thing is, is while, yes, I technically make less on paper, I save more. Mm. And it's weird when I say that I save more, but I think it's because the fact that, yes, I'm getting like a stipend for housing. So a lot, a portion of my housing is already kind of paid for. Uh, utility bills are so cheap here uh food is so cheap here as well so and also the fact that i don't have a car anymore i don't have to worry about car note <laughs> insurance i don't have to worry about all these other little factors and fees that i had in the states and so now like my big my largest bill is my cell phone bill which is like 25 dollars. everything else is super cheap so i'm actually able to save more um because I don't have all the things that
0: I had when I was in
1: the States.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So your cost of living sounds phenomenal. You know, you've mentioned that you've never felt unsafe there. Um, so then like, you know, what about, uh, some more technical things like, um, that go into quality of life, such as, I don't know, maybe your, um, your access to like healthcare, um, you know like the your your day to day like at at work and then away from work what what's that like?
1: Yes, so my day to day I do um, use a lot of public transportation, so honestly, that's how I mainly move around the city, which also helps me save. I like, guess I can' call like an Uber or a taxi driver, but I do use a lot of public transportation because Maybe I might pay like a quarter or something to get across town versus a a taxi can be as cheap as, you know, maybe five, you know, three to five dollars to more expensive, like 10, 15 dollars, which is still super cheap compared to the states Uh, for healthcare, I haven't really gone to. Uh, The doctor here, I've done like, you know, the regular yearly checkups. Um, That's pretty easy for the most part. Typically, a lot of doctors, the English might be kind of um, limited, but they do have English speaking doctors here just depends on like your insurance. but honestly, I get a, I can go to the pharmacies here and get majority of everything I need over the counter. So I don't really need to go to the doctor much. Um, but the cool thing is a lot with the pharmacies, you can schedule like a little checkup with the doctor there. So it's a lot of access here for health care. So my, I wake up um, early. I think I start waking up around like five ish, six o'clock. Uh, I catch the bus to work. Typically, sometimes at the beginning of the year, I might take public transportation to work because you know they're trying to figure out the busing systems and everything. But I typically take the school's bus to work. Um at work, I you know, we stay there till a typical work day. We leave around like 2.45, 3 o'clock, come back. I, you know, I have a dog, so try to spend time with my dog, relax. Um, I might de-com- like de stress, do some. Work maybe for 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 my job, or I just might do work for other things. Uh, but once I honestly get home from work, I do not try to bring my work home. So that's my time to spend with my dog, myself, the uh, friends, or doing anything. I'll go out with friends. Same thing with the weekend. I do have like a little part time job. I might work on a Saturday or Sunday for like a couple of hours, but after that. I'm either out with friends, or I'm chilling at home with my dog, or I might just go and do something random around the city. Um, That's what I kind of typically like to do, just try to get out and explore the city some, because Mexico City is so huge. Uh There's still places that I haven't seen or been to that I still like, I want to go. So I might go try to like visit something somewhere
0: new in the city. So so it really sounds like you have made quite a home there. You know, you you have friends, you you have a dog. Um, you know, you you travel around the city. Um so then what's your definition of home?
1: Yes, I would say my definition of home is where you make it. Like where you come home to where you settle down, where you lay your head. Home is just, it doesn't have to be where you grew up. Home is exactly where you need to be. It's where your heart is at. So for me, that's why I say Mexico City is home, because even when I'm traveling abroad, I can't even wait to get back to Mexico City. It just is a place where I just feel comfortable. I feel as if I'm appreciated, I feel as if I'm cared for, and I feel as if I'm valued here, like not saying I didn't have those things in the States, because I made home in Louisiana, I made home in Texas, homeless Florida, but Right now, like my home is Mexico City. And so that's where my heart is at. You know, I might not even be here forever. I might make home somewhere else. But for right now, this is where I feel love and where I want to give love um, as well. So this is home for right now. Maybe the next two years, I might find a home elsewhere. But this is where I do feel at peace.
0: Hmm, that's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, we're going to end it there for today. Thank you so much, Candace, for joining me on the Are We Homie Up podcast, a podcast where I talk to expats about living abroad and what's that like, the struggles and joys. And hopefully we're inspiring future expats to take an opportunity and go abroad as well and see what life is like somewhere else. So I hope everyone has a great day as well as you too. Candace, have a great day.
1: Yes. Thank you. You too. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Up next is my interview with Mitchell. Mitchell is an American educator living in Korea and married to a local. Tune in. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player and also leave a great review and rating of this podcast as well. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.